What is up? Welcome back to the podcast, Social Skills for Dummies. Um, man, this is a crazy one, but a uh, special announcement. It's day seven, and you know, of all the things that I've been, all the habits that I've been practicing, um, and the material that I've been reading, um, it's almost like the seven days of this podcast that I've been on, we've been in it for a week, kind of rebooted a little bit of who I was um, in the past, you know, it's, re- it's rebooted me to a, a different place in my in my journey. It's rebooted me to a different clarity. It's rebooted me to a place where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm once again, I feel like becoming free from all the things that drove me to restart the podcast in the first place. Um, I feel whole again, you know, um, some nights are still you know, exhausting. So nice but still hard. Um, but I feel free. I feel whole again. And because of that, like, you know, I don't know if I'll continue the podcast, to be honest. You know, I said I'll do these 30 days for y'all. And I'll do these 30 days. But, and release the 7 Habits. But after that, I might shut down the podcast and shut down the 7 Habits. Or just, I, I might leave up, leave all the material up, but just, you know, uh, stop creating material. Um, I don't know, man. I've been through a lot these last seven days, and it's just a, it's, it's all brought me, you know, full circle and helped me realize some things about who I am and the life that I'm supposed to be leading, and the device I use this podcast for. Um. So I don't know. It's really hard to explain, you know. Um. The best I can say it is this, you know, I, I know this might on the surface seem like it has nothing to do with social skills, um, but I believe if you follow these habits um, and follow the lessons that will be in the seven habits, um, you'll you'll come to the same place and the same realizations and the same feelings of freedom, you know, the same feelings of lawlessness when it comes to socializing, the same feeling that you can do anything. You know, um, so to break it down the way I broke it down last night, um, huh. I, I like to listen to this poem. It's called Row, R-O-W, by Michael Lee. And the poem's about addiction. Um, and I relate so much to that poem. Not because I'm addicted to any substance, but because we're all addicted to something in our lives. Um, There's a habit I talk about on this podcast. When you have conversation, if you want to keep attention, segment your points across different topics. Go on tangents and connect and find a way to connect it all together. So I'm going on a tangent with you. Um, So there's a poem, Row by Michael Lee, and it's about addiction. And he re- he references a lot of things in a, in a, in the poem like addiction, and references um, that I'm going to tell you in just a bit that I can relate to. But before that, I want to tell you what precedes that. Um, on day four, five, or six, what it, I think it was about five, day five, because that was the last day I went to work. No, it was day four and five. I listened to chapter 19 in the book Levels of Energy, which I recommend you listen to that chapter. And the chapter it it, it unfolds through the idea of a you know through a metaphor about life uh, about you living life um, 
and it positions you in life as a person on a boat, a raft, or whatever, going down a stream. And the chapter says a lot of people swim upstream against the current because they don't believe where life is taking them. They have no inherent trust in life. Um, but lo and behold, you know, life is on time. Life is arriving. The current moment in the current is taking you to the right place. And all that you can do but fight against is exhaust yourself, burn yourself down, and delay your own journey. Um, but at the end of the day, the current, if you trust it, it'll always take you to the right place. And the current is on time. The current is natural. And the current, if you follow it, is filled with beauty. And it's filled with miracle after miracle after miracle that connects into the life that is right for you. And you understand it when you get there. Um, that's what it talks about in the book. But a lot of us, because of the ways we were raised, especially young men who are avoidant style attachment, essentially what happened to you as a child was, you know, um, your parents essentially couldn't raise children and you were too high maintenance. And so instead of dealing with who you were, they beat you into being low maintenance. Every time you talked. They act like it was ridiculous. Every time you moved the muscle, they act like you were moving too much. Every time you were too loud, or, or every time you expressed yourself, they act like you were too loud. They, they essentially molded you into this quiet thing that did nothing because you felt like everything you did was irritating them or, or, or the wrong thing to do or disrupted the natural balance or the natural order. And so you're super anxious and overthink everything you do now as a side effect and you second guess every move that you make you're full of doubt and so you have this trajectory in your mind you know where you try to calculate what's the next best move to win everybody's approval because the move has to be particular it has to be crafted because when you were young that's what that was your route to victory not only your route to victory that was your route to safety it was a safety mechanism how do I not get yelled at how do I not get scolded how do I remain low maintenance? I hope this is hitting y'all. You know, um, and so you become this character that's just dull and mundane. And people ask you what you want to do or who you want to be or where you want to go. And you know where you want to go. You know what you want to be. But you say, I don't know. Because that's your path to safety. Don't stand out. Don't stick out. Don't be high maintenance. Don't have these desires. But everything in your brain is crafting this path towards the ultimate freedom maybe you're past that stage you say i don't know you do say what you want to want to do but ultimately your goal in life this big grandiose goal which is a primary sign of someone who's avoided they're super independent they have these large grandiose goals um this large grandiose goal of who you're going to be one day is is a symbol it's like this is what i have to do in order to finally get the love and finally get the praise and you know get the validation acceptance that i never got when i was young you know, if I'm going to be low maintenance, you know, um, this is the ultimate path that is low maintenance. It's not disturbing anybody and it gains the highest praise. This is the safest path for me. You know, if I want people to love me and pay attention to me, I have to do this. Because of the way you were treated when you were younger, there are these feelings of unworthiness inside of you, unlovableness inside of you. And you think if you can get here, you'll finally deserve it. But also it's a tactic your brain's putting on you to suspend all the things that you can get now into the future because you don't feel like you deserve it now because of what you went through so you always chase this dream of this big business this big speaking career this billion dollars 
so that you don't just accept what's in front of you right now because your brain doesn't think you deserve it. And your brain works against you when it's available. You lock eyes with somebody and they like you. Somebody wants to talk to you. Somebody wants to be your friend. You have a hard time. You get anxiety. You don't know what to say. You struggle. When someone is fond of you, you get bad signals sent to your brain. You know, everything in your system is jacked up because of the way you were raised. And it's like that for me too. And so this fantasy, this career, this projection is your, is your, is your solace, is your escape from the reality that you live. And this was my life and this is my life experience. Owen Cook talks about what's called a golden jail. Um, and a lot of us, you know, that golden jail represents that main, you know, that, that low maintenance place. You know, that, oh, this, I can get praise and love for this mainstream thing. And it's not so dangerous to where I can fail or risk anything and get scolded for it. A lot of our dreams are that golden jail. A lot of our dreams are that palatable, acceptable version of who we are. That societal standard of, this is great. This is non-troublesome. You know, and so you'll want to be things that are conventional. Maybe not in, in, in the public eye, like conventional convention. Maybe you want to write songs or sing and it's grandiose. But in a societal scheme. The movements and the path and the, th the merits associated with essentially, essentially, as well as the risk associated with it, are palatable. You know, they're digestible. You know, uh, the golden jail is like the, the pinnacle of, of societal recognition. You know, but what you forgo with the opportunity cost is everything outside of that window. And so you plan to get rich and buy the mainstream cars like Lamborghinis or the mainstream clothing. And go to the fancy restaurants that everybody knows and love. But the opportunity cost is, what is everything else in life that you could have done? What about the untapped wildernesses and forests and adventures and restaurants and niche cultures and small cities that you never would have considered because you're just going to go and live up in the hills and go down to Noble every day when you made it? You know, you're just going to stick with this one girl that you love and, you know, um, it's not the best situation for you one day when you made it. You're going to live inside this golden jail and forget about everything on the outside and almost sacrifice and forget about who you actually are in the process, who you could have been. Um, you know, I know, I know, you know, as, as we are on this podcast, we are abstract thinkers. And so it might not directly make sense what I'm saying. Like if you want to be something like a rapper or a songwriter like me, it's not exactly conventional, but the lifestyle that you want and everything associated with is the, is the conventional part is the golden jail. Like, okay, my son's rich. My son's genius. My son's brilliant. You know, you, you, you know, they say this quote, talent hits the marks that everyone can, see, that no one can hit. Genius hits the marks that no one else can see. And so there's things beyond your scope of imagination, your scope of a future that are true and inherent to you that you're missing out on because you're hitting these marks that no one else can hit. Because these are the marks that society understands, even though that they're unconventional. And... So these dreams and everything, it's our safety, it's our solace. We go back to it and shell up for, from a place of defensiveness. I mean, for me, to explain this metaphor better, to me, like, you know, uh, I, I, I want to play music. I want to play music. Yeah, I dropped out of college. Yeah, I'm a rowdy river. Yeah, I'm a cavalier. But I want to play music. But every time I go to play music, I do something on the side like this podcast. I do something on the side like this business. And I'm realizing in my mind, like almost because business and podcast is a more conventional and easier way for me in my mind, easier route to money, easier route to success. It's my way of swimming against the current, swimming upstream. 
I'm white knuckling this thing so I can have control. Like I'm holding on to it as hard as anything because I can have control. Because the music thing for me, it just feels like it's not control. It feels like it's uncertain. It feels like, like the path to the validation of love in the future that I want is unclear this way. You know what I'm saying? Everything in life, all the currents, all the road signs, all the fate, everything is telling me to do this. But I'm still doing this podcast. I'm still building this business. Because, you know, uh, the merits of the golden jail, as opposed to my own genius, my own way of impacting life, maybe I don't make it, you know, it, it's, it's scary. You know, this golden jail, this, 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 this future where I can get rich and get famous off of this business, and then I can safely do what I want. Without jeopardizing the validation, without jeopardizing, you know, societal's you know way of success, societal's route to success, um, you know, is is what this represents, you know. And so, I was just sitting here last night realizing that, you know, I listened to this 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 audiobook Levels Energy last year, and he talked about fighting the river upstream and fighting the current, you know, um, and. The thing about that is, right after I read that audiobook, I stopped doing all everything. I stopped podcasting. You could look at the podcast. It was the hiatus between like May and whatever, you know, whenever I started to stop again. Probably December or something like that. It was a hiatus for months and months and months where I didn't do that. And I really only sang and, 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 and thought to play guitar and wrote songs. I didn't really do anything else. I just sang and made music. And my levels of energy spiked last year. Like I had like the most euphoria, joy, clarity, starkness of life that I ever felt in my life, ever experienced. I felt almost like a spirit traveling in life. I almost felt like a blissfulness. Everybody was my friend. Like I, I, like I, I had the best relationship with human beings that I ever had in my life. It was a magnet. It was almost like a magnetization to me and other people. Like I, I couldn't help but want to talk to other people. It was just that insane of experience. It was just that fun. Like, it was just that beautiful that we could sit and share a fucking moment. It was just that way. Everything just worked out. Like, I'd never been that social in my life. And recently, it's been on a decline. And I guess this seven-day challenge, I was, like I said, I've been off my off the horse. And I've been trying to reboot myself, trying to figure out why. Why I've been on a decline. Why I've been feeling tired. Why I've been feeling sick. And as I listen to these chapters, to start to realize, like, you know, it's because I'm fighting against the stream again. It's because I'm 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 not aligning with the force of life. One of the things he says in this chapter is this. I recommend you read the chapter, chapter 19, levels of energy. He says, essentially, look around you. You know, um, the stream represents whether it's religion, it represents God. Whether it's science, it's the Big Bang in the universe. Whether it's spirituality, it represents energy or the field the source you know but regardless the river represents the energy of life and as it travels through life and the power of it it's the force of life itself and if you look around you you know um he says how would you create a planet if you were to go out and create a planet would you start gluing sticks and and stones and things together or would you plant a seed and let the natural force of life do the rest? Here's a look around you. Everything around you has grown 
naturally for millions of years without any effort at all, without any struggle at all. It was easy. It happened as a natural process. Trees, they sprout from the ground. You know, uh, the planets and the sun and the entire universe, the solar system created literally organically on its own. So if you were to build a planet, would you start gluing things or would you plant a seed and let the natural force of life, the stream, take care of the rest? So if this natural driving force of life can take care of all these beautiful things, why don't you think it can take care of the petty things in your life that you ask, like a million dollars or a big house or whatever else? Can you acknowledge that there is a force moving through here that is billions and billions of times stronger than anything that you could you know, amass, that puts together the... the 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 orchestra of universes of galaxies there's a force moving through here that is far more competent than we are can we acknowledge that everything in the world happens because of this force or through the strength of this force at a greater rate than we could ever summon that's essentially what the chapter was saying and if you look at your life you're trying to like the stream is you you and your route along alongside that force he says can you think of teaming up with that force do you think you could team up with that force to create a better a better life for yourself instead of doing it your own way because what you're doing when you're flowing upstream is you're flowing against that force the force has its natural route this force is calling you it has its own natural way and what we do instead is because we were traumatized and we lost our basic trust in life we try to create our own force we try to we try to do everything ourselves when there's already something in the world creating history, creating life, creating fate. And we just think to do it our own way because, you know, we're trapped in our ego because of the ways we were raised. Because we feel like our natural inclination, our natural intuitions are wrong because we were always scolded for them. I don't know. It's just a lot, man. It's just a lot. There's a force already traveling through here and it's already bringing us to a place and it doesn't require effort. All of the universe was created without effort. The world, your birth, you growing into the person you are, it was created without effort. Every time we employed effort, we just employed struggle. We just fought for nothing. And a lot of things that we thought we were fighting against happened anyway and it was alright. Because there was already a way. And so, to go back to the poem, you know, the poem of Michael Lee, he t he, it's, it's called Row by Michael Lee. He talks about sailing across this lake. You know, he, he was an addict. You know, he talks about sailing across this lake as a metaphor. And, you know, there are two people in a boat, which I assume is him and maybe his ego or something. There's a hole in this boat. And he's rowing this boat. And he's another person is, is throwing water out of the boat. To pretend if it's not as if it's not sinking. And in the first half of the poem, you know, he talks about his name and how the church lady used to talk about his name before he before he swore off church for good and stopped going to church because he didn't believe in it any longer. And he tells he talks about in the, in the first half of the poem, the first quarter of the poem, that you know while he doesn't go to church, he's not religious. He does worship something. He worships the drugs. And he says, "I find myself praying." So he said, even though I swore off church for good, I find myself praying sometimes, but I keep noticing I'm that, that I'm doing it. And it reminds me of my life, like, I swore off church, 
not the literal church, but I swore off this life of white knuckling and control and trying to use my ego and trying to use my own force, fighting against the force of life to be something. But I keep noticing that I'm doing it. I keep, I tr sometimes I pray under my breath, but I keep noticing that I'm doing it. I keep noticing that I'm worshiping myself, my own effort, my own ego, my own gratification, my own belief that my ways are going to be what's, what's going to get me there. I keep noticing that I'm doing it. You know, he talks about how he did, did drugs for the first time and, you know, a quote-unquote God got trapped in his skull. You know, um, it's just this beautiful metaphor. Just listen to the poem about him in, 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 in worshiping these drugs and, and being unable to fight it. Um, there was something else he said in that first chapter. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't remember exactly what he said in the first chapter, but to go to the to the second half, like, I don't know, like, you know, he says, like, you know, I've been sober eight years, but just barely I can throw away, throw it away if I wanted to, you know, uh, which I thought was a deep line. And after that, he says, you know, he finishes the poem by describing how he wants to drug so badly. Um, and he says, he says, in my favorite dreams, I simply want, you know, um, I want and want and want. And what's on the other side of my want, I want that too. And my want is so deep, I cannot cross it. And it just hit me so deeply because it reminded me of everything that I've gone through. You know, obviously I'm not going through the same path as somebody who was addicted to a drug. But it's like you want what you want so badly. Like you want a slice of pizza. But you want what's on the other side of that too. You want the life where you finally made it on your dream diet you've got your dream body and your dream results you want that too but this want is so deep you can't cross it you know this want and desire and this yearning for this dream life this million dollar house it can all come about regardless because there's a force that's driving it to be so but it's this addiction to wanting it it's this addiction to white knuckling and holding on to it and fighting for the path that you think is going to get you there is what I realized like it's just like the poem I have this addiction to trying to control fate, trying to control life, and it's making me sick. It's driving me crazy. Hell, this podcast episode is making sense, man. I'm just, you know, in, in the moment I realized this, it's crazy. Like all the road signs in me told me, you figured it out. Um, I realized, you know, the defensive, like this, this podcast, this business, is the defensiveness. You know, I hope you're realizing there's something in your life that's keeping you this way. It's, it's the defensiveness. You're trying to shell up against the current of life. And because of that, you're missing out on where you, where you can go and who you're supposed to be. And because of that, you're missing out on, you know, just, just the natural you. The natural you. You know, it's all revolving around this. Your, your social skills aren't there because of this. You know, you're holding on to that little kid that needs the want and needs the validation. It's repelling everything from around you. You're holding on to that idea that you're unworthiness in your brain, in your selective attention is therefore it's 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 supplementing that idea with evidence because that's what the selective attention does. And as long as you feel that unworthiness, when you get good things happening to you, you'll get bad signals like anxiety and you'll lock up and you'll be depressed and you'll be scared. But if you can find a way to let go of that addiction, you could step on the outside and realize that you, you can accept that you're worthy, your selective attention will send you evidence that you are. 
and you begin to feel like as if nothing can hurt you. You begin to feel like free. You begin to feel like a spirit. You begin to feel like how you're supposed to feel. I know I hit the mark on the head when I thought of this last night because I, I read an email from my brother that he sent 10 days ago that I hadn't read yet. And he was talking about his life. And he, he wrote this entire email. There are two lines that are italicized. And the two lines are, we all become trapped in areas in which we learn to become who we are. The second line that's italicized is, find the area that you somehow became trapped in and free yourself. And I remember being a kid and leaving college for the first time and scared and uncertain about the future and its relationship, wanting her to love me, wanting my parents to love me, wanting my coach to love me, wanting just to feel validated because I didn't feel like I was enough on my own. And so I just started my path to forging its way to this golden jail. I just started this career in business as a defense mechanism because I thought if I could build, if I, if I was interested in business, if I made money from business, my parents would be proud of me. My girlfriend would be proud of me. My coach would be proud of me. I would have an easy and fulfilling life. I was just 20 years old and I thought this was the answer to everything, all these feelings I had. I became trapped in this era of chasing and running for a golden jail, this golden carrot in the future that would make everything feel good, that would make everything be all right. And somewhere in your life, you're doing the same. Somewhere in your life, you're fighting for the same. It, it is supplementing this feeling of inherent unworthiness. That's causing this anxiety and depression and freezing when you come towards somebody, when you when you relate to somebody. Because you don't feel like you're worthy of being there with them. You're having a conversation with them or interacting with them. All social skills hinges on this idea. So all the seven-day challenge is about, and I'm going to complete the seven-day challenge because I owe it to you. I promise you that I would do it. This is not my life path. I'm not supposed to be here right now. But I'm going to do it for you because I love you. Like... It's, it's taking a lot out of me, but I said I'd be here for you, so I'm going to be here for you, and I mean that, but it's all just to teach you. We become trapped in errors that we learn to become who we are. Find that error that you somehow became trapped and free yourself. Step into who you are right here, right now. There's no longer need to hide. There's no longer need to run. There's no longer need to be fearful. Think of all the things that people said to you when you were younger that caused you to shut up and lock that way. And process it. And feel these emotions. And then release them. Release the weights of that era. And float into a new one. Float into a new life. Float into who you are. They're in the 30-day challenge. There'll be a couple things going on. Obviously, you'll be able to download the seven habits. It'll probably be a video series. And I'll teach you the seven habits to bring you to this place. Um, at www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash seven habits, the number seven habits. Um, I might open it up early. I don't know. Because I don't know. It's time for me to go and you know make make the music that I'm supposed to make. You know, um, uh, I don't know, but also it'll be something called the 29 Day Natural that you'll be able to get access to too. Um, 
Yeah, and that'll just kind of be like you and I taking the seven day ha- seven habits, and we're implementing them together, so that you can you can and we'll also be reading like things like the book levels energy together and things like that, so you can get to that place where you feel free, you can get to that place where socializing is just such a given in life that is almost boring but you're in such a place and state of mind that you love every second of everything so it can never be boring um you get to a place of lightness of free freedom unlimited creativity unlimited silver tongue unlimited charisma unlimited results um it's possible it's real it's real i don't have anything else to say so I'm in this episode. But March 14th, if that's the day we're going with, keep listening to the podcast. I'll let you know. www.socialskillsfordummies.com slash 7habits. The number 7 habits. I appreciate you so much for listening. This episode came from the heart. I love you. And you mean the world to me. And I mean everything that I say to you. I would not lie to you. Go for it. There are things in this world that you can experience that are beyond everything that you experience. And I know you hear it all the time, but you experience it. Just follow along. And I'll get you there. That's the reason I'm here. I'll get you there. Thank you.